Nestled in the serene suburban town that is Carmel, Indiana, sits an estate that was home to an alleged serial killer. The infamous Herb Bowmeister used the 18-acre property as a personal dumping ground, and of course, now it is believed to be haunted. But is it the ghost of past victims reaching out to be identified, or is it the killer himself? Or is it bullshit? Either way, no judgment here. Okay, maybe a little, but I'll try to keep it to a minimum. Oh, and I'm Michael, by the way. Welcome to Strange and Unexplained. So it wouldn't be right to talk Fox Hollow Farms without talking about old Herb Bowmeister first. As a teenager, Herb was displaying odd behaviors and mood swings. You know, like a teenager. But his were apparently so severe that they landed him with a diagnosis of schizophrenia. However, after this diagnosis, he didn't receive any more psychiatric help. He was just like, cool, thanks for that, just wanted to be sure. I'm gonna go head out into the world now. He later attended college at the University of Indiana and met the woman who would become his wife, Julie. After the two were married, they went on to have three lovely kids. I'm sure. <clears throat> Herb even started a very successful chain of thrift stores, which soon allowed him to purchase the $1 million, 18-acre, five-bedroom, 12,000-square-foot estate-slash-mansion deemed Fox Hollow Farms, which also featured an incredible indoor pool, might I add. The family moved in and it was life as usual. But in 1995, police came to the door, asking to search the residence as Herb was the last person seen with a man who had been murdered weeks prior. The man who disappeared, Roger Goodlett, would be one of the many men who went to Fox Hollow Farms with the intention of having a good time and never left. Herb refused to cooperate with the police, let alone let them search his property. And then he told his wife, Julie, that if they ever came back, not to let them in because he was being wrongfully accused of theft. She believed him and resisted helping the police, at least for a while. That was until June of the following year, the wonderful summer of 1996. Julie starts catching on to Herb. She contacts the police and they inform her of what he is really suspected of, and she naturally becomes terrified, especially considering her teenage sons had found a skull in the backyard, which led her to discovering an entire skeleton. But that was brushed under the rug when she was reassured by Herb that it was from his father's medical practice and he had just tossed it out there. You know how people do with their spare skeletons. <laughs> he assured her he would go bury it and be more careful when disposing of such things. <laughs> so anyway, while Herb's on vacation, Julie allows the police to search the house and property. In their initial search, they find the bones of several of his victims burned and scattered in the backwooded area of the property. Herb realizes he's losing control and the jig is up. He flees to Canada where he commits suicide with his 357 revolver. He left a note saying he was doing this because of his failed marriage and his failing businesses. He makes no mentions of any of his victims or killings and there is no confession. After his death, the remains of up to 11 men were found on the property, including the remains of the missing Roger Goodlett. Only eight have been identified. Herb is also believed to have been the I-70 Strangler who was responsible for another nine deaths on an area of the I-70 running through Ohio. Herb once told an intended victim of his that his count was closer to 50. Many of these young men were killed in the beautiful indoor pool that was the jewel of the estate. 
Herb enjoyed erotic asphyxiation and would attempt this with many of his victims before killing them. If you want to know more about Ol' Herb, be sure to check out episode number 153 of True Crime Guys Podcast, where Lauren and I break it all down. Break it all down for you. So I said all that to say this. People now think Fox Hollow Farms is haunted, especially the current owners. I mean, what could they possibly stand to gain, right? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll keep it neutral, or I'll try to. Let's get into this very real ghost evidence that is the haunting of Fox, Fox Hollow, Hollow Farms. Farms. So in 2006, the estate sold to a couple named Rob and Vicki Graves. They had two teenage sons. They had known about the house's history since their first visit, but the sale price was just too good to pass up. So they purchased the home and moved in instantly. The indoor pool quickly becoming the boys' favorite room of the house, obviously. But oddly enough, even though that pool had seen its fair share of horrible sights, the boys never experienced anything strange in the room whatsoever. Now their mom, Vicky, on the other hand, was another story. She was the first to have a supernatural experience. When she was downstairs vacuuming around the pool, as the boys tended to come into the pool from outside, leaving the room muddy, the cord of her vacuum became dislodged from the wall. Oh no, this never happens while vacuuming. Okay, okay, hear me out. So she walks over and plugs it back in. When seconds later, the vacuum cuts off again and she turns to see the cord of the vacuum about a foot out from the wall it was plugged into. Oh no, not a foot. Thinking she must have pulled the cord, she walks back over, makes sure the connection is good, then proceeds to vacuum while looking at the cord. And she claims that she sees it basically spit out of the outlet, as if the electricity had forced it out. And maybe it did, you're talking about outlets in a pool room after all. Regardless, it puzzled her but she really didn't think much more about it. But then a few days later, she's standing in the yard talking to her husband, and she spots a man in a red shirt at the edge of the tree line who apparently vanished into thin air. The couple keeps their cool though, as they're aware of the history of the house and expected there will be people who try to sneak onto their lawn just to get a glimpse of the infamous Fox Hollow Farms. Cause it's haunted, right? I mean, I'm basically convinced already, aren't you? No? Okay, okay, well wait till you hear this. Shortly after the Graves moved in, an employee of Rob's car dealership, Joe LeBlanc, started renting out the apartment located above the detached three-car garage. Joe had a small dog that he would walk down the long driveway every day. One night, while he was out on the walk, he sees a man in red standing at the tree line. At that moment, the dog took off in the direction of the man and the leash slipped out of Joe's hand. So instinctively, he took off after his dog. He stops a few feet from the woods and sees the dog who is now turned around and growling in his direction. He turns around and the man in the red shirt is right behind him. It scares the shit out of him, so he grabs his dog and runs back to his apartment, bolting the door. When he mentions this to Vicky and Rob, they all become kind of freaked out and started doing a little more digging on the house's history but this only seemed to intensify things. Especially paranoia, I'm sure. Wow, so weird. Anyways, Joe has his share of run-ins. There are several instances when someone pounds on his door, but when he opens it, you guessed it, no one is there. 
He also experienced items in his apartment being moved around and damage to some of his possessions. His dog would growl at empty rooms. He's seen people in his bedroom out of the corner of his eye. But he wasn't the only one. Vicky claims to have seen the man in the red shirt two more times as well. So Joe decides he's had enough. He's just gonna walk out into the woods and confront this thing. He claimed he felt like he was being led there. A few feet into the woods, he finds a human femur. It's laying uncovered. That's odd, he thinks. Seems like something that would have been seen when the property was searched. Regardless, they turn it over to the police, and that concludes their uh, nature walk for the day. So Joe, once again, at his wit's end with the situation, decides to sit down one night and talk to the spirit in his apartment. His dog apparently starts barking as if someone had responded, though he heard nothing. So he uploaded his audio file to a computer and listened to it back. He hears something he believes to be a response. I'm going to play you that audio now. Oh yeah, try not to shake your pants. <laughs> All right, just, just have an open mind here. Who keeps walking in the kitchen? Did you catch that? Joe believes the voice responded, the married one. So he does a little research and finds out that none of the victims from the estate were married. They were all single gay men between the ages of 16 to 30. Oops, time to make up a new phrase, right? Let me play it for you one more time. See what you guys hear. Obviously the first voice is Joe himself. It's the uh, distorted one. Listen to it one more time. Who keeps walking in the kitchen? I'm sorry, did you say hairy one? Have a merry one? Not the dairy one? It just, who knows, right? Who knows? But we do know the only married person who would have been in that apartment was Herb himself. He is thought to have killed a number of these men in that area of the house as well. So, though the trio had believed at first that the spirits were those of the victims trying to reach out, Joe soon begins to think that the apparitions are actually more malicious than they initially thought. There was furniture moved around and unexplainable noises, and yet the family has remained in the home, so how malicious could they really be, right? The house is still currently owned by the Graves family and is currently a private residence. The estate has since drawn the attention of many well-known names in the paranormal community. It was a feature on Travel Channel's show Ghost Adventures. It has been the center of an episode of Paranormal Witness on Sci-Fi, as well as shows on the History Channel and A&E. The area has drawn countless paranormal experts, everything from psychics, mediums, shamans, demonologists, priests, and criminal investigators, of course. Honestly, these studies consist of a bunch of staticky audio and visitors getting a really heavy, dark, sad feeling. Uh, you know, of course, when standing near where a body or victim may have been, or the ones you know where they were. Um, that there was ground-penetrating radar brought in, and a lot of the yard was dug up, but ultimately each episode ended with nothing new being discovered. So to this day, there is yet to be anything groundbreaking or concrete to come from any of this. Whether or not the place is haunted seems to be a matter of conjecture. Or whether or not you can profit off of it. Would you shut up? You know you really ruined this episode. This was supposed to be a scary ghost story episode. All this doubt, all this unnecessary doubt. You're not, we're not convincing anybody. This is not even spooky at all. Look what you've done. Let's just move on to the next one.
All right, everybody, there you go. It's the haunting of Fox Hollow Farm. That's about as convincing as I can be in a ghost story. <laughs> I'm terrible sure? at ghost stories. <laughs> and, and I've talked about this on Patreon. I've talked about this on Strange Shorts. Um, and this is one of the, the areas where me and Andy disagree. Yeah. Like, you know, he wants to prove to me that ghosts are real. He believes he's had experiences. Um, he's seen things. And, mm. and that's how it always is, right? If you haven't experienced anything, then you don't believe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's simple as that. So it's very hard for me to sell a story like this, if I'm being completely <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> right, even even though even though we watched the this amazing documentary. Oh yeah, even with the haunting of Fox Hollow Farm, yep. which came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. It was 67 minutes of time wasted. No, come on. <laughs> I think this review right here sums it up very yes, well. But who left this review? Michael Elliott. Let me, let me sum up this documentary for you guys. It says, The haunting of Fox Hollow Farm is pretty typical for the current trend of ghost hunter-type programs. This documentary clocks in at 67 minutes and gives us a brief history of the serial killer, and then we get into the actual hauntings. For the most part, none of what we see is all that creepy. And perhaps it's just me, but all the EVP stuff is just rather silly and usually makes me laugh more than anything else. It's not just a documentary, but whenever I see people using the EVP to capture voices, it just makes me roll my eyes because I personally can't hear anything, yet these people use it to hear all sorts of words and phrases. There's nothing overly bad with this documentary, but at the same time, there's nothing good either. (laughs) Overly bad is is just overly bad. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like it's good if you like this type of thing. If you like these ghost hunters, if you like BuzzFeed, uh, Unsolved, uh, Supernatural, or whatever the hell they call it. I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> all that EVP stuff, yeah. It's just it's static. So so in all of your studying of this case, there was nothing that gave you pause to make you be like, well, maybe. No. But I'm not a big believer in the supernatural either. Right. So, that I mean, but going in trying to find evidence, no. Not a single thing. It just seemed to me like a bunch of people that wanted to... Um, have their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, my problem with EVP machines, isn't that what they're called? EVP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like the uh, true, they're like the supernatural equivalent of the lie detector test to me. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you got something, yeah. but. It's pseudoscience. We can't use anything. <laughs> we can't use this at all. It's not yeah. worth anything to me. A um, lot of the circumstances I see is, <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're basing this on like radio waves and stuff. And the issue I have with it is, for one, a lot of the times these houses, not necessarily this one, but a lot of the, these ghost houses, they'll go investigate with these EVP machines, and you don't realize they're in the middle of like a town, like the Winchester Mansion, you know, it's surrounded right, right, by right. malls and all that stuff, and it's, who's to say somebody ain't outside yelling and you're picking it up on your recording? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, who's to say you're not getting interference just from a radio or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, like baby monitors get interference all oh, yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. All I mean, the time. That's a great reason to believe in ghosts. If you ever had a baby monitor for any amount of time, leave <laughs> that shit on. It'll creep you the hell out. Like, oh, what yeah. the hell was that yeah. in my baby's room? They just randomly go off and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then, like, if you have a truck driver going past your house, they'll pick up the CB radio. Oh, yeah. And you hear all kinds of weird shit. You hear somebody just like, oh, just cussing yeah. or something coming through there, and you're like, what the fuck is I, coming through? <laughs> I remember one house we lived at in particular. We lived near a very busy road, mm-hmm. and that baby monitor was busy. Yeah, that thing was picking all up time. all kinds of shit. That thing was better than our TV. 
<laughs> it's like, man, if our TV could get this kind of reception. Didn't watch the baby very well. That would well be great. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's the baby doing there? So, yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced either. Like I've yeah. said, um, still haven't heard a ghost story that really convinces me. And I don't know if I ever will because, you know, you, you can't really catch it on camera. I mean, well, it's not likely that you would catch it on camera, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the the voices, they're just, they could be anything. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we said, I mean, if you turn up static loud enough. Mm-hmm. You're going to catch something. I mean, I know. I, I engineer audio all the time. Right? There's and all there's kinds you... of crazy things I can do with audio. Yeah. Like, yeah. We um, live right under a radio tower, too. So there's like. That's a there's, good point. There's no telling what we would pick up right here. That's true. I blame it for all of yeah. my audio mishaps. You know in what? This podcast. You might be convinced about a uh, ghost after Andy's story, though. Oh, you think? Yeah, maybe. I, I am excited about this upcoming <laughs> Sandu Stories, though. It's a ghost story. So yeah. We'll see. December 30th, guys. This Sandu Stories is going to be, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you anything no, about it. No, other no, than it's a ghost it. story. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Be the only ghost story you believe in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, there's only one more thing to do. I guess we'll check in with Lorne, and uh, hopefully he doesn't bore you guys with more of the history lesson, but you know he's going to. You know, he's going to probably talk about Herbomice there. He's right going <laughs> to talk about the whole history of that. He's going to talk about how we covered it on True Crime. Just buckle up, guys. You know, I know you've heard it. I know you've heard it, but it is what it is, right? He, he's thorough. You can't blame yes. the guy for being thorough. Yes. All right. Play the music. Let's get into this thing. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here are my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. Fox Hollow Farm, which was the infamous property that belonged to serial killer Herbert Baumeister which is a case that we actually covered recently on True Crime Guys podcast. And I know we didn't get much into the paranormal side of it, and that's probably why Michael wanted to do this, because he, he dove into a lot of that when he was researching the case. I stuck to the you know, to the case itself, Herbert Baumeister's upbringing and his, his killings and the investigation and all of that. Um, he, he's looked into some of that, so I've since done so. And it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm not a big believer, as you guys know. Uh, of paranormal stuff. I guess I'd have to see it to believe it, experience it to believe it. I do think there's memories that stick, you know, to places where they occur. Um, I'm sure you could get a feeling if you went to Auschwitz um, or if you're in a place like cemeteries or a place where someone has died. I think there is like a memory left there. There's a feeling you get when you're there, but I'm not so sure there's spirits that are actively communicating with those in different ways. I don't know. Maybe. I don't rule it out. I don't rule anything out, but... um, Herbert Baumeister's property is in Indianapolis and it's a beautiful 18 acre estate in Westfield, Indiana. It's like a, you know, suburban area outside of Indianapolis. Um, and on that property, uh, there was discovered many bones. I believe it's like thousands of bones were discovered that were, you know, many pieces of skeletons from somewhere in the teens of victims. Only, you know, like eight of the men I think were identified. Um, so there's also speculation that that's why these spirits are trying to talk to people on this side is perhaps unfinished business. Um, you know, they were never identified. They're trying to, they need closure, I suppose. Um, but there's a, a, you know, a paranormal research society, uh, that I I won't name the main person behind this, um, that has been, 
heavily involved in Fox Hollow Farm and collaborated with the current owner, um, who I won't name as well, because I do have questions about the validity of their um, claims of some of the stuff they've seen on the on the farm because they have since, um, you know, capitalized on these stories. Um, they've you know, a book's been collaborated on by the owner of the home and this this paranormal uh, expert. Um, uh, a documentary's been made. They've uh, even done tours on the property for money. So I, I wonder, you know, anytime there's money to be gained, I, I wonder uh, how much of it is true. So I'm not going to name them. I don't, I don't want to throw any any mud at anybody. But some of the claims that have been said is, you know, there was this person, uh, I, the wife of the, of the owner of the property said that she saw a man in the woods with a red shirt and a crew cut haircut and uh, was like borderline translucent, had no legs and was moving about in the woods. She'd seen this person twice. Apparently um, the owner of the home also said that the, 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 where the pool equipment, like the pool pump for the, uh, the underground indoor pool, um, it, some stuff has gone on in there. He said that he had, he felt something touch him on the shoulder in there once. There was also, um, someone who contacted this man and, and said that his daughter who was four years old, um, was able to see spirits and talk to them and these different things like this. They invited them over and the little girl had an experience in the pool equipment area as well, where she said there was people sleeping in there. She didn't want to go in from what I heard. Um, they also claim that there's loud knocks on the, uh, guest, the guest house door, uh, quite frequently in the middle of the night. A lot of weird stuff. Um, I lean towards, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I, just, I wonder, like I said, the validity because they've capitalized through, you know, the book, book deals can, you can, you can make some money on them. If you sell a lot of books, you can make some good money. They have this documentary they made, um, and like I said, they've been doing tours of Fox Hollow Farm. I, I, so I, I just don't know. I'd have to go there, get a sense for it, get a feel for it. Um, uh, like I said, I think there is memories left behind at places where, where things happen, where uh, people's lives are lost. And, and um, I, I will never rule it out. There, there could definitely be some paranormal stuff going on with the stuff that that property has seen, the amount of lives that were taken there from Herbert Baumeister, allegedly, because he was never convicted. But we know it was him. Um, the stuff that that, that, uh, indoor pool area has seen many lives were taken in there. Um, so I, I don't know if I'd want to be hanging out in there. Let's just put it that way. I, I think I would get a, an eerie feeling in there. And I think you're more in tune to every little noise and every weird thing that happens. Uh, you know, there's, there's creaks and weird noises in our houses all the time. Um, but we don't assume it's a ghost because we don't know the backstory. There's not a dark history to it. Like there is at that property. So, I'm sure you already you're already on edge when you're there, um, and every noise is a ghost at that point. But that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll see you next week. All right, Lauren. Thank you so much for that synopsis, as always, sir. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of what I predicted. Now, of course, this is all our opinion. This is all alleged. Just as, uh, you know, we don't believe these things because we have no proof, we also have no proof that they are false, right? That's the beauty of ghost stories. That's the beauty of spirits in the supernatural. Is It is indeed supernatural to us, so it's not natural for us to understand it, right? So this is all opinion um, based on our extremely limited ghost experience. So what the hell do we know? 
Um, but guys, I hope you enjoyed this case. I, I like these cases. I like these lighter ones. I like to be goofy. Um, I like to, you know, just be a little more tongue in cheek, be able to be a little more sarcastic in the episode. Um, where, you know, I, I can't do that in cases involving missing persons. Those are serious, serious topics, right? Those are serious things that we're trying to get out. So here in Strange and Unexplained, we try to be reverent to the case. Okay? Here at Sandu. So that's what I that's that's why I like to mix these things in. So expect maybe one of these lighter cases at least once a month. It gives me a break, also gives me a chance to do something different. Um, and I think it's good for everybody. It's good for everybody. All right. Um, <clears throat> if you like the show, please, if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening, if there is a option to subscribe or follow the show, please make sure that button is clicked. That is a great way to help the show, help the show grow and also help the show get featured on, you know, for you pages and things like that. Um, also, another great way to help the show is Patreon. Patreon.com slash SNU podcast. And for just three bucks a month, you guys can get access to our our basic uh, membership there. But you will get Strange Shorts with me and Andy, which there's a few released on the free platform. If you haven't checked those out, please do. And it's a fun way to stay current in the true crime world. You know, both uh, we cover both funny and strange cases. You know, we got our Florida man type segments. Um, but we also cover more hard-hitting, more pressing, more controversial current crimes on there as well. So, and we're not covering them, I wouldn't say. We're not giving you everything. We are basically, we're reading and gathering information from a few articles and then kind of giving our opinions on those cases. Okay, Strange Shorts, we cover a lot of different topics in every episode. But again, that comes out every Monday, and every fourth Monday, it will be available on the free platform. And then if you'd like to bump up to the $5 tier, you get access to Sandu Stories. If you're unfamiliar with Sandu Stories, it is basically audio theater. We try to write a story, a scene, a uh, audio movie, if you will, based on some type of current event. We've done one on the possible death of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, we've done one on the Flannan Lighthouse, which we just released last month. And this month, I am just ecstatic um, to release Sandu Stories Chapter 11, which will come out on December 30th for Patreon members. Um, so... A lot going on on Patreon, guys. It's the main way to support the podcast. If you like what we're doing here at True Crime Guys Productions, please consider joining there, and I promise you, you won't regret it. For the price of a coffee a month, I mean, we'll keep you we'll keep you entertained all week. But also, another way you can help is leave a review. It helps other people learn a little bit about the show, and you know, kind of gives them a little snapshot. Also, I'm looking for a review to use as a promo. So if you think you're think you really got Sandu down, if you think you really know what we're about, write it in a review. And uh, if I like it, I'll use it in a promo for the show. I think that's uh, Killer Queens did that, and I was like, that is a freaking great idea. That I was inspired by them, uh, as we all should be. Amazing podcast as well. So, uh, but that's about it, guys. Oh, oh, wait, no, it's not. I'm sorry. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. I'd like to give a big old Sandu thank you to two new patrons this month. JD Driscoll and Sam. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on the $5 tier and enjoy those Sandu stories. And of course, if you're on the Sandu stories tier, you also get access to all the $3 tier stuff as well. I think that goes without saying, guys. You know. But uh, that's about it, guys. We'll see you next week for a new Strange and Unexplained. And then the week after that will be Sandu stories and Strange Shorts will be released. 
Strange Words like 60? 60? 62? I really don't know. I really don't know. But it'll be a strange source. Okay? Alright, be strange, guys. Just don't be strangers. You hush your mouth, boy.